Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast, a podcast where we focus on real issues and have real talk, and as always, provide a biblical perspective. We hope that you will be blessed as you listen. Hello and welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Kenan. And today in the Truth Minute, we're going to focus on Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. And it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Has someone ever made an important promise to you, but then wasn't able to keep it? It's devastating, isn't it? In Jeremiah 31, God promised a new covenant to his people. That's from verse 31 to 40. Leading up to that promise, God communicated to Israel that they would be his people that he would grant them mercy, and he would keep them safe. Time and again, Israel had rebelled against God. They had sought idols and disobeyed the Lord and were far from being worthy of God's kindness. So what motivated God to extend a new covenant? Undoubtedly, it was his love. Verse 3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. It's difficult for us to wrap our minds around the magnitude of God's love. But he has long and faithful he has a long and faithful history of demonstrating divine love to his people. Regardless of our past, God's love remains steadfast, and he is faithful to keep his promise. And that is the amazing truth minute. All right, welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us this evening again. Welcome back to this month's uh, series that we're talking about the hard questions. My name is uh, Ezra Kenyanya and my co-host is... Kenan. We're excited here again. Um, I don't know where you're listening us from, but what we want to let you know is that you don't want to miss. Sit put, sit tight, enjoy the conversation today as we have two amazing people with us here in the studio as we keep uh, we pick up this topic today where we stepped well, we slept, uh, we stopped last night. So I'm going to invite my guests to introduce themselves, tell us a little bit about themselves, who they are, their names and their background, and then we'll pick it up from there. So I'll start with my brother right across from me. Well, <clears throat> my name is Pastor uh, Mwamanyi Simeon. I'm, um, I'm one of the associate pastors in uh, Kenyan Community Church. And um, yeah, I'm glad to be here. A little bit about me. Um, I've uh, been a chaplain. Um, I'm a trained chaplain, hospital chaplain. And uh, so um, I'm glad that uh, I'm able to, to share this uh, platform to deal with these hard questions with each one of you this uh, afternoon. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, maybe you're wondering what's the topic today. Stay put, stay tuned, because we're about to bring it to you live from our studios where yeah. we're excited about the topic today, even though it's a hard topic. My second guest. My name's Jackie Kobe. Um, I come from um, Kenyan Community Church, one of the members. And background is... Um, a doctor, provider, and a manager in one of the hospitals where I deal with a lot of grief, sorrow, so I'm excited for this topic with a hope that with our experience or with my experience, I can be able to reach out to many that 
may be in the same shoes as me. All right, thank you. Kenan. Yes. I'm excited about today. Are you? I'm very excited though okay. it's a tough tough topic to talk about. I'm I'm excited. I am excited because it's a tough topic but it's a needed topic. And for those of you who are wondering what the topic today is, today we're talking about grief. You know, the fact is there are several things in this world that are always going to be factual. The first thing is that God is always going to be a fact. The second thing is that change is always going to be constant. The third thing is that as long as you're alive, death is coming. You know, that's one thing that whether you're atheist or a Christian, whether you're male or female, whether you're rich or poor, educated and educated, you know, this is the one constant thing that human beings agree on is the fact that no one disputes the reality of the fact that at some point and one day we are going to come face to face with death so our topic today we're going to talk about grieving we're going to talk about grieving and why it's important for us to prepare ourselves to grieve because that's a reality and to anchor us into this conversation today i'm going to set the tone from the book of uh, matthew chapter 5 and in the book of matthew chapter 5 uh reading from verses uh verses 4 he says blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted and one thing that gets my attention when i read these verses how can it how is it possible to have a blessing when you've lost your father you've been married for 30 something years and the news comes that you've lost your wife how can you get a blessing out of losing your wife what does this concept of of being blessed in the midst of mourning look like and mean so we are just going to take it on that note i am privileged grateful and thankful that i have not lost a close member but some of you here you have had a chance to grieve and mourn your close relatives so we're going to dive deep what does that look like what did it look like and what can we do in moments like those so welcome as we take it off from here i want to can yeah. i so i think i think we'll maybe we should start with the with the chaplain Uh-huh. you know yeah so i know i've i've had friends who've, who've been who've been pastors in hospitals uh-huh. and um you know they they say they prepare you're prepared to kind of deal with that grief mm-hmm. the the grieving process i mean uh the preparation when someone is about to die you know it's a process so they say you are prepared to do that but i believe for me it will be hard to say goodbye to someone so why is it so hard to say goodbye to a loved one know and what I, what I, what have been your experiences you know in that in that aspect how do you prepare people to say goodbye because that's your full time job is to prepare people to say goodbye <laughs> what does that look like <laughs> uh i think um there's nobody who will ever ever be ready to say goodbye to anybody and there's no time you will ever say that now i'm ready to to let you go mm-hmm. because and and there's no there's no time because grief is very strange it's it's very different for everybody it will be a different experience to everybody so you will never tell somebody i understand what you feel because you ne- you will never understand you don't know the relationship they had with this person the only thing we do is to be there for them at that moment because they they they're not there waiting i mean when somebody is losing a parent or a, or a sibling or a loved one they're not asking for your words they're not there to listen to you 
they just want somebody to work with them in mm-hmm. that journey they are starting. Mm-hmm. It's a strange journey which it's dark. Nobody knows what it looks like ahead. So the only thing they need at that moment is somebody who can be with them. So you enjoy walking with them that journey. Yeah, it's a journey you living <laughs> and the pain and right. the anger and the right. frustrations and the why. Yeah. That's your full-time job. Yeah, so it's to get to where they are okay. at that moment and yeah. connect with them. But, but but can you can you get to where they are though? Are you can you get to where they are? Well, that's 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 now that's a question because it's it's to empathize with mm. when you empathize with somebody is to to kind of put yourself uh, the, the, the in other, their shoes yeah, yeah th- that's the language we use getting in somebody's shoes uh, you may never understand how much it pains to be in that shoe but it's to to get to where they are without using without using words without using um uh let's say um without trying to 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 make it sound like it's okay to 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 lose somebody or trying to do something for them mm-hmm. but just being there if they're angry just just tell them yeah i understand it's it's really tough to be angry but in a nutshell you said you don't understand but 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 we'll come back to that i think the thing that interests me most with this introduction is that how do you enjoy or just be in in a in a state of mind where you want to be there with him in this walk and journey of death. I think that's the utmost most important thing that can be done and to have a human being who dedicates their time to do that all the time that is just a special calling. It's Let, not it's not something that you enjoy. <laughs> it's not that you know I don't want us to feel like it's it's, a, it's somebody yeah. somebody is somewhere waiting for somebody to, to lose their love so, that, so that you can be <laughs> you can enjoy having time with them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it's um because This is a this is a new journey there the people are starting. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we make mistakes by trying to tell people, "Oh, he's going to be with God. He's he's going to watch over us. He's going to do, you know, those mm-hmm. some of those statements which are actually not very helpful, mm-hmm. but hurting at the same time or God cannot give you something which you cannot um handle. Handle. Yeah. We use scripture. Mm-hmm instead of that scripture helping it hurts oh. at the end of it so that's where you're trained to 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 be non anxious okay in that moment presence. yeah right. in that moment when somebody's going through that we'll come back that's what we have here let's let's pivot this to, to sister Jackie now now Jackie why is it so hard to say goodbye I, i i mean if i'm not putting you on the spot you've had a chance a privilege of saying goodbye what was it why was it so hard why is it usually so hard to say goodbye to our loved ones you find my brother my brother tends to say that when someone has lived up to a certain i'm not going to say the number of age what do you expect right. <laughs> they started to go down why is it so hard that even if your grandmother has lived 110 years mm-hmm. it's still so hard still to let them go in your opinion and your experience my opinion is that it first depends with the relationship mm-hmm. that relationship and i can attest to mine having lost two brothers and a mother and then i lost my father was the most painful mm-hmm. because of the relationship i had with him 
he was a man that I had grown knowing that he's a father, he's everything in the last 16 years after the loss of a mother. And so just that connection that we had every single day and remembering the good moments, the loss become, became even intense. Mm-hmm. And, and it was difficult. It was the most difficult. And at some point, for my experience, I'll say, I thought me dying will be very painful for my family. Mm-hmm. But I found losing a father was the most painful thing. That until today, it still lingers fresh in my mind because I had a connection with him. Mm-hmm. And we had a strong li- relationship that my life came to a stop at some point in the three years that he came to my home and I embraced him and I cherished the time that we had with him and every moment was special to me. And looking back, uh, when he came to my home, my life stopped and I realized quickly that he needed me now than never before Mm -hmm. because he wasn't independent in some of the things. Mm -hmm. And so he needed my time and I could be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the rest of the things did not mean anything to me. Mm -hmm. And I remember the time that I was going to school and he kept saying, you need to keep going. And I said, Father, I think I need to stop and focus on you. Mm. Because, and he said it openly and outwardly that I don't have long time to live. And I said, that's even more reason for me to be closer to you. Mm. So I think letting it go is different for everyone. Mm. You find that there are people that they have no connection with their loved ones. And now that I lost a father, and when I look back for my brothers, I didn't have that much connection. Mm -hmm. But my father, somehow there was a connection. And I don't know if it is the upbringing that he was there for us and he gave us the best. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when I realized quickly that this is a big loss and it's going to take a long time to heal. So the relationship piece plays a huge role in terms of the grieving, how close you are with a person, the moments you share, the the bonds that you had. Now, the fact that we know that death is a reality and and we know that is it's it's going to come, is it possible for someone to come in terms with that reality in advance? You know, I I, I don't want to answer that, <laughs> but um, I, have a, I have a friend, I have a friend who is not African, mm-hmm. he's Caucasian, mm-hmm. and his father died not too long ago mm-hmm. and for him it was it was it was kind of a i want to say a milestone uh-huh. they look at it as a milestone a you know a celebration moment a right? celebration but yeah. it's it's a stage uh-huh. so even the, the the what i understood was their grieving process was very different mm-hmm. and he told me one thing that he had prepared himself mm-hmm for the eventual passing of his dad, whose dad was, a, he was an alcoholic, was drinking and all that stuff. And one thing that struck me, that even though he was prepared and they didn't have a relationship with his dad at all, mm-hmm. but what he said that it was just healed, it was meant to happen. Mm-hmm. And the man didn't grieve 
I don't know, maybe, 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 maybe because maybe, they didn't yeah, have a relationship. relationship. So, because he, he, the, the man that he died on a, on a, maybe on a Sunday, he was buried on a Tuesday <laughs> and his life was back to normal. Now try that in an African right. culture. <laughs> so, so when, uh, when you said a relationship, it's, it's important to have it. When, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the burden of that grief, mm-hmm. the grief, the grieving process is more if you have a relationship with that person. That's awesome. So how do we go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, that's very true that um, the level of relationship people have with each other mm-hmm. is very different. And the connection we have with the people is very different. You see, in 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 a normal setting, if it was the American way, your father could have gone to a nursing home, um, uh, maybe hospice, all those things. But you wanted to spend as much time with him as you can. Mm-hmm. So that's very different. That that tells you the kind of relationship mm-hmm. we have. You were willing even to to let your lives come to a standstill mm-hmm. to make sure you spend as, as much time with your father as you can. So, and knowing that now I'm not going to have this time anymore. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be here anymore. It makes it even mm-hmm. harder. So, but, but but can't we make a case that that's the reality of life? I don't know how long we'll be there. I don't know if tomorrow we'll be there. Should we not make the case that every single day is important on how we build our relationships and, and converse with each other? Because uh, I can just leave here and, and, and God forbid I get into an accident, I'm gone. Versus when, it, when people are older, <laughs> we've already assimilated in our mindset that they only have limited time to live. Whereas death does not choose someone other you're young, you're old, you're you know, knowledgeable and unknowledgeable. Why is it so hard for us to sit in our homes like we're seated here and have this conversation openly with our families? Yeah. You know, here we can talk because after this we'll close and we'll go home. Everybody, why is it so hard to get to a point when everyone is still there? Mm-hmm. To sit down in our homes and have that's solid, a solid conversation. I know from an African culture, it's a taboo. Yeah. But but the truth is still is coming. Why is it so hard in your opinion? I, I, I'll start with Jack. Sister Jack. I will say, you know, during the family issues like sickness, uh-huh. that's even the harder time for you to bring up a conversation. Mm-hmm. And growing up in an African home, one of the things that I've seen us do is when we want to bring this hard conversation, it's about we need a talk. Mm-hmm. And as human, when you tell me we need a talk. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how your, bo- your girlfriend let you last time. We right, need to we talk need to in the end of the relationship. When you right. say that, <laughs> yeah. as human, it triggers me and say, what is the problem? Uh-huh. And in my mind, uh-huh. I already have a negative already like, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> what is this all about? You know, then I start building up things and building up the blocks about this conversation. Mm-hmm. But when you look at time, and I will take this back to my family. When my dad started going down, mm-hmm. it was one morning when he was doing fine and we got him to the hospital. And it was a conversation of a daily conversation. Uh-huh. And we find the time and started out with the good times and then bring that in. So you had so that, that conversation as a family. So we had that that conversation because we 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 left six girls and so we really had to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Knowing that we had no brother to be able to support us, mm-hmm. but we have our husbands to be able to support us. Mm-hmm. And so we had to study it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that 
our brother-in-laws noted quickly that they took themselves off and said, we'll support your decision. Okay. It was even harder for us to be able, and I'm glad that I come from, uh, you know, all the girls, we're in healthcare. So we thought it was easy, but uh-huh. it was the toughest moment <laughs> of our life. Even trying to bring, because we had a younger one, uh-huh. you know, my, my follower is not in healthcare. Yeah. In my mind, I knew this is the only one that I really need to fix uh-huh. for us to be on the same page. Yeah. I did not know that I have the rest to fix. <laughs> and they're in healthcare, so uh-huh. it's even harder. Uh-huh. But I think from experience, I'll say that, how about reframing your question and saying, or your, 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 your way of asking, what do you think, can we talk about this? Or bring something in, <laughs> in a way that is not, let's talk about something, you know, so that uh-huh. it brings someone an assumption so already. So the approach, the approach, the timing, and, and I've seen it in our Kenyan homes where we, you know, we find if Pastor Ezra some something wrong, that's when we have a meeting. Uh-huh. Bring that meeting in a monthly basis yeah. and then you'll be able to catch a lot of things. I, I, I want to I ask something though. When you said you had to prepare, you had to prepare a whole lot of people mm-hmm. around you. What about yourself? Yeah. Um, I thought I was very composed uh-huh. because, you know, having the last conversation with dad I could see, I could see him go down, mm-hmm. and and my mindset, I was like playing tough. Mm-hmm. And I remember each morning I'll wake up and start singing, "Does Jesus care?" Uh-huh. Really, that helped me a lot, uh-huh. in a way that I knew he cared, mm-hmm. and I knew that this man has been through a lot. Mm-hmm. He's been pretty much like in prison, mm-hmm. <clears throat> knowing the last ten days of his ICU. Mm-hmm. I I thought that, you know, Dad, if you rested, I think you'll be better off and get you off this trouble. But still, it was really hard for me to try and tell my sisters uh-huh. and say, look, we got to do this. And I don't think Dad will w- want this. Uh-huh. But again, when I look back, Jesus cared for sure because we asked for time with Dad for him to be able to tell us what he wanted. We'll, we'll come to that. Yeah. We'll come to and that. It we'll was, come to that. It was, it was, I will say that, you know, when I even look back during the funeral service, mm-hmm. I felt like I was so composed. But when I s- saw them take the casket down the aisle, uh-huh. I lost it. And I and I thought I, I had it, but I didn't have it. That was your moment, right? That was your moment. Yeah. Pastor, you're a chaplain. You visit a lot of members. You work in these uh, uh department you know at, at the hospital let me let me ask the question is is there ever right time to have this conversation you 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 said you get trained in these conversations is there, is there such a thing the right time is when people are okay okay when when everything is in in order that's the right time to talk about it yeah. when you have good time uh-huh that's when you but how can i be having to? dinner my wife has prepared the best <laughs> meal and then that's that's the right about time. death <laughs> you know no because yeah, right. it, it's not about death uh-huh. it's what are what are some of the things that are important to you mm-hmm. those are some of the conversations you can have mm-hmm. what are some of the things you like what are some of the things you don't like uh-huh for example, then that conversation can come up. Uh, some of the things you'd like is somebody can say, I would never want to have that tube uh, to be intubated in case I, 
I mean, it can come in a joking way that uh, we are eating. Mm-hmm. If if food gets uh, chokes me, <laughs> don't ever <laughs> do what. Don't ever do a CPR on me. Uh-huh. There are people who say that, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, actually, uh, I saw one person uh, get a note from the hospital. She wanted to put in the hot in the in the in the fridge mm-hmm. that in case I call nine one one, this should be at the at my fridge that never do CPR on me. Mm-hmm. So there are people who wake up and they realize somebody is doing CPR on them and they get angry at them. <laughs> so, but for us, it's it's important to do that conversation when they are, when you are okay, uh-huh. because when you you are sick, uh-huh. and then somebody starts <laughs> talking about what what would you want, mm-hmm. they feel like. You what did they say? They say I will not get out of here. And I think that's why you just need to have that connection and the yeah. closeness. That's right. how you start yeah. that conversation. If you don't do that, then you really miss the point. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think there's a couple of things. One is that, from what I'm hearing, is that we have shied away from this topic when we are supposed to be having these conversations. But then, until circumstances force us to have that conversation, mm-hmm. then we are forced to have it. Not because we want to but because circumstances are calling us to. And in those moments, it becomes even harder for us. It takes our time and energy that we could have spent enjoying with you, especially in these very last moments, to try to figure out everything else of the conversations we, we should have, have been having earlier on. Listeners, those who are listening to us, we told you this is a hard conversation mm-hmm. and it's a hard conversation. So I want to ask you the truth and the reality of the matter is that as long as you're alive, death is an inevitable yeah whether your culture allows it or not whether your uh, religion allows it or not whether you care or you don't this is a reality that we all have to face the question is why are you afraid of having these conversations if you answer that it will start helping us to get to the next step of this discussion Ken- kenan mm-hmm. what do you have to say you know, I, I, let me ask: Have you had this conversation? Are you comfortable? No, no. You know, I, I was I was preparing this <laughs> this podcast with you. I I I thought about it, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I can't. It's hard to have these conversations. It's hard to talk about riding a wheel uh-huh. or preparing your children to live without you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's. It, I think when you say it's a journey, mm-hmm. it starts from far. It doesn't start from the hospital bed when you're mm-hmm. when you're about to lose a loved one. It's it should start now when your everything is good then you start preparing yourself preparing your family we'll take a break and when we come back we'll jump into part 2 of this session So during this break, we want to remind you that we are in the middle of a series. Uh, the series is asking the hard questions of life, and we are in part episode three, actually episode three, yeah. episode three of this of this uh, four part series. Yeah. So we wanted to we we wanted to talk to remind you that we air our episodes every Sunday at ten a.m. Central Standard Time. You can catch us on Spotify, uh, the Amazing Truth Podcast. We are also on Google Podcast at Amazing Truth Podcast and AudioMac as well. We have a website, which is amazingtruthpodcast.org and reach out to us, talk to us, ask your questions and you know we hope that this reaches you and talks to you when you need to. 
And you can also find us on Facebook under the same handle and Instagram, Amazing Truth Podcast. We want to hear from you. We want to hear some feedback. Give us questions, comments. If you ever want to appear in one of our uh, sessions, we are open to taking in people uh, who are interested in. We vet. We're not promising that, but we'd like to have you also in our show or even host one of your wonderful stories. We'd like to hear them. Right. So if you have a podcast in mind, you want a place to air it, reach out to us at our emails. Our, our handles will be posted every, in everywhere. So just reach out to us. And what are we looking forward to in November? November, we're going to be talking about fatherhood. Mm. You know, it's the biggest, one of the biggest pandemic. Yeah. Because men and fathers are becoming scarce. So if you're a father, a daughter, a son out there, tune in November mm-hmm. as we keep it real here yep. at Amazing Truth Podcast. Exactly. So we will have real, we'll have fathers here, we'll have daughters here, we'll have sons here, and we'll talk about fathers. So look forward to that. Once again, share, subscribe, like our pages. you and welcome back um we want to pick it up from where we were we were picking up the momentum was really really good the energy let's keep it up the question that we uh, we were talking before we went to the break was you know it's a hard conversation to have and people are always nervous and afraid of having this conversation so my question to uh, our guests today is why is it important for us to have those 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 discussions earlier on you know we've mentioned that but what what are some of the things that we need to keep in mind that should uh, allow us to have these conversations ahead of time? I mean, are we talking about practical things? Practical things, yes, yeah. of course, practical, practical things. things. What are some of the things that we could have in, during those conversations? I mean, it's uh, it's important to for people to talk about the the things which are important to them. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody knows what is important to you, then it becomes easier when you cannot have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's say your wife knew what are some of the things that make you comfortable, make you happy. Mm-hmm. Then they will know when a time when you're not able to have that conversation and they need to make a decision, mm-hmm. becomes easier for you. And then sometimes uh, there, there are things which if you are, a, it's, a, it's a family and they need to, to, to figure out things so if you own property jointly yeah. if you and own then, you know things like those yeah if it's a father and he needed to 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 let people know what what he wanted mm-hmm. then it becomes easier for the family instead of the family starting fighting going to court and all that if he had if he had taken time to write it down it becomes very easy for the family you know, sometimes behind. sometimes we only think about the positive things. Right. The father might die with debt too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's important to know so that <laughs> before, before you know it, everything is being auctioned because he put you as the beneficiary or something like that. So, anyways, that's on a It's important for him to say, "I have a debt of two hundred thousand." So, so that you know, <laughs> so people will know. What, what did you what do you wish that uh, uh, sister Jack in your own experience uh, what would you say about that you know as much as you can put your family together and put everything ready mm-hmm. sometimes those do not help at the time of you really want that help mm-hmm. 
for example, you know, you're having a living will, it will not help you when you really need it uh-huh. because it usually waits until you're, you're not able to make decisions. Yeah. So for me, I will say for our dad had at least put everything together for us, but it was, what does he want for himself? I think that was the hardest I question that's, that's for a good us. Question. I want to jump in in that question. And, and I hope you will allow me to share sure. this a little bit. Um, I remember when you were in the hospital and it so happened that a uh, few of us walked in, actually two of us walked in when you were in the heated of that discussion. I remember you inviting me to sit in that. That was one of the hardest discussion I ever was part of. What was going on through your mind because I saw the doctors there or your sisters there? Your sister, you know, uh, who is in the UK and the sister who's in Kenya and all on the phone. And I hear what you're saying. The question that you all wanted to to know is, what does daddy want? How was that for you? That was really hard. Um, and and you can tell, you know, as a healthcare professional, we always will tell you what we feel it is. Yes. As much as we really think about your feelings, mm-hmm. but it's what is the outcome for it? Mm-hmm. We look we look ahead. Mm-hmm. And so for me being in the in that shoes uh-huh. it was really hard and 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 having that my dad was in ICU for a while and and knowing that I started with him the journey mm-hmm. that was even more painful because uh-huh. I knew where the doctors went wrong mm-hmm. and I kept pushing and until it was an eye opening for the doctors to know that this family really knows what they want mm-hmm. so so you saying there was it's good also to know treatments and six second opinion. I, I agree a hundred percent. And I and I at one point in that bed I was sitting with him, I asked myself, what if I had did not know English? Mm-hmm. I had no idea what what he needs or what treatment he needs. Mm-hmm. What will be his fate? Mm-hmm. I think he could have died the same day I took him to the ED. Mm-hmm. But asking the providers of what I'm, I want him get done for him, mm-hmm. I think it was a, a little eye-opening for the providers. And constantly asking for those meetings, they felt like, you know, at some point the provider came and talked to us and said, you know, I have never seen a family like this before. Because we were asking for what we want that to get done. Mm-hmm. And at one moment, you know, the doctors were coming and saying, you guys, tell us what you want. Uh-huh. And that's when I said, this is how healthcare should be. Mm-hmm. Ask me what I want. Uh-huh. It's not about you need a CT, you need an MRI on, on my cost. And I, so- I, I, th- I think you're driving, Kenan, this is a powerful right. point. Right. You know, I always go to the hospital saying, tell me what I need. Mm-hmm. But, but there's also that piece of, how do you know? Anyway, we're not medical and, and, experts. And, and, and again, it- You it, gotta it, enlighten yourself. Right, and it, it's, a, it's a different curveball when someone is in, someone, it's someone who's in hospice, mm-hmm. someone who's- you know, about to die. Mm-hmm. So knowing what you want at that point, mm-hmm. I think that's 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 important. That's really good. So um, there's there's a go ahead, go ahead. I think the the challenge that uh, sometimes even healthcare providers get into is when they don't have that conversation because the doctor comes in, just reads reads what what your body is telling them, uh-huh. but they don't have enough time to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's why they invite maybe a social worker to come and talk with the family. Sometimes they invite a chaplain to come and talk with the family 
who can spend more time trying to understand you, your background, especially in in this culture where you come from a different culture and you're here. Uh, so it there's that cultural differences that comes in, and I'm glad that uh, you 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 knew what you wanted and and but, you were so able to follow I, up. You know, I, man. So if if I if I didn't know English, I'm not a healthcare provider. I'm not. I'm not, I don't know. So I think it. we have to get to a point where I can pick up a phone and call Jackie and say, hey, my dad is here, my so-and-so is here. What do I need to ask? What do I need to tell them? What do, what do you know, so that we, so we're in the know. But then that brings that co- point where we are not even comfortable having this conversation. Having conversation. So it's harder when you're in that position, you don't have the resources around you to. And to I, you know, it rings a bell to me when we had a conversation because we were putting my sister from Kenya, who's also in healthcare. Mm-hmm. And I remember boldly, she spoke to those doctors and say, you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. This, this and this and this is what's supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. The next hour, they ended up doing it. Mm-hmm. So, 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 <laughs> so that really tells me that if you need to know what you want, mm-hmm. even you as a person going to a doctor, you really need to know your body because you know your body more than the doctor knows it. The doctor only goes by the book, mm-hmm. but you know your body. So you need to be able to say, I think this is it. It's like when you're eating, you got to tell yourself, I am full. Mm-hmm. If you don't tell I'm full, you're going to eat. The body will keep on asking. Uh-huh. But, but let, let's bring this if back. If you go for physical days, right? <laughs> and you know what you're This is the second podcast right. for being reminded of that. <laughs> Last week's podcast, for those of you who are wondering what the inside joke is, we were reminded that especially men in our age group, and I'm not going to say the age group because we are fairly, you know, yeah. whatever the age group is, <laughs> that... Um, we need to be doing a, a physical checkup, Pastor. There is no excuse. <laughs> Our guest last week shared with us how he ended up with cancer, stage four cancer, because he did not, he, he did not go for a checkup right. and they didn't get it in an early, uh, early time. So, man, mm-hmm. please, next week we're talking next month, fathers, please, we'll be having this type of conversations. But let me, you bring a good point, Jackie. You say that you need to know what you want. But again, to underscore your earlier point, what does the patient want? In this case, what did your father want? And, and I think there's your a, sister... In, eh? There's a document. Uh-huh. Um, some hospitals, they... I don't know, check if your hospital, they do it. Wherever you go to the hospital, wherever you go to the doctor, they call it advanced care directive. Uh-huh. You're supposed to fill it up. Uh-huh. Sometimes they ask you over and over. Some people resist, but they tell you, in case you get um, into in case you get to a point where you're not able to speak, what would you want? Mm-hmm. Then you write it in there. Mm-hmm. Who would you want at your side? Who would you want talking but about? But a, a lot of it, um, Pastor, is what I see, especially people do, or even our people do, is when they ask that question, is like, decline, decline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't want that conversation. Yeah. Because they think it leads to something else. Right, it, it but, leads to death. you know, yeah. <laughs> like you at this about. point, when I, t- when, I, when I look back for my dad, he knew he had all his plans together, mm-hmm. but he did not lay himself of what he would like it done for him. But I know that having, you know, caring for him as much as he did not have it written, he wanted a comfortable end. Okay. And, and so that was, that was why I was so comfortable when I saw him decline and I started preparing myself forgetting that I had my sisters to prepare. That's the question I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. So you saw it that perspective. Did the I sisters saw that. see that perspective? My sisters did not see it. Even when I remember Tuesday, 
we we were going to my sister's graduation and we told dad we're going to go to you know Helen's graduation and he's like me too and we're like no 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 dad you can't go you're here we'll come right back and he's like okay my children just go and come back you could see in his face he missed that opportunity and uh-huh. he wanted to see all his children graduate and i remember one time when ellen that my sister told him i said dad i'm going for my masters and dad said where have you been all these years mm. so you know like he yearned to see that day but when i see when we came back that evening one thing he had whispered i was sitting right there with my brother-in-law he was like i am so tired mm. whatever needs to be done needs to be done faster mm. a- and i looked at my brother-in-law and I said what do you make of that mm-hmm. and he he again said it the same thing he's like my daughter whatever needs to be done next what is the next step and i said what well, dad what do you mean it's going to bed because it was like 9 o'clock mm-hmm. and i said dad you need to go to bed and he's like well whatever needs to be done needs to be done first and i came home thinking about that sentence mm-hmm. and i called my brother-in-law and i said eric i think that was it mm-hmm. uh wednesday morning the doctors are like okay mr kimori will be discharged and i called them and i said yep i i know my brother in law is there and my sister is there i'll be coming at 12 o'clock to pick him up to bring him home that 5am did not even arrive he died at 6 in the morning no <clears throat> and that was like the aha moment and i am like it came quick for him now this is this, this is hard this is hard this is real uh this is this is the story this is you can make this you can fake this this is this is what happened right um we go back to this point of what did he want until he stated what he wanted then you are at peace relatively you know as you said when we started you cannot get to that place where you are celebrating that finally he's gone but mm-hmm. you get to that place where you accept the outcome of of the situation I think as 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 we have this conversation it is important for us to realize that your story is going to be different from my story but the ending is the reality that we have borrowed time living mm-hmm. so when we don't have these conversations what are some of the pressures that we leave our families with yeah yeah that's yeah that's when it gets tough um because then they have to figure out what would be right they will they will have they'll be guilty mm. if i do this that would be not what he wanted maybe would i be would it be okay for him if i put him on the machine for how long mm-hmm. uh, would it be okay if i removed this would it be so we we the family becomes guilty mm-hmm. the family becomes uh divided because mm-hmm then this one thinks this could this is what this person would have wanted mm. this one thinks no that's what that's not what he would have wanted mm-hmm. or that's not what he could have wished for or somebody would say he told me this mm-hmm. but there's no proof <laughs> evidence of that <laughs> yeah right. so there is that division that will happen if you don't have that conversation with your family when you are having good times so so is it go ahead go ahead i, I want to i want to when i ask or is it does it take away from the the grieving time when you have to 
when someone hasn't said what they want, mm-hmm. you know, which which it, it happens. Does it take away from the the grieving time and experience? Mean, and ex- yeah, the grieving experience actually. Does it take away from it? That? It does not. It even adds more grieving yeah, because there's a lot of guilt, yeah. and there's a lot of questioning for you who are, who who who's left not knowing what mm-hmm. he or she wants. You you tend to to blame yourself at some point. Mm-hmm. And then when you look back if maybe you know your loved one was sick, you really you you have that sense of, you know, the aha moment of I think he has rested. Mm-hmm. He had suffered. If if especially your loved one was ailing from a lot of, you know, sickness that you really was pretty much for example if you have a loved one who you pretty much you know you see them day and night through pain sleepless nights for for them it it, it becomes a relief moment but also if when you, they did not say what they want you end up blaming yourself and if you have even a larger family then you're in for it because so you start if you are the one who made a decision then you are you you live with that guilt mm. from your Same family ways. trying to say you you made dad die or you made mom die or you made decisions for him this is not what he wanted mm-hmm. and so everybody brings in their idea mm-hmm. depending on the relationship mm-hmm. again it comes back to how were you connected if you were connected among for example for my siblings i will say that we we were brought up so close mm-hmm. that dad knew us and it, it never recalled you know there there was no time that you could tell that dad loves grace and loves damaris than jackie or no there was that equal mm-hmm. but then when we sit when we sat back with my siblings i remember talking to my sister when she came my older sister and i said you know damaris you're the older one here make decisions now because i felt like it was too much pressure on me and i said damaris you're the older now you make decisions mm-hmm. and she was like no jackie but you're the one here and i said and then when she was here and left and i said you know you've left but you've left me with three other girls to worry about mm-hmm. because i am i am stressed about them and i cannot bring them to the same page as me so so it doesn't take away from the grieving it it, adds, it does not adds, it, it, it hurts because there's time. that They, guilt. You, you, there's guilt there's no you, you you feel like you delegated a decision that it wasn't mm-hmm. and you also feel like you know it even increases the stress increases this gives you a lot of questions and then uh-huh. there's a potential of family conflict yeah even even especially if you're home there's like, something else we could have done yeah. which mm-hmm. we didn't do yeah and you so, feel like but at this point i think to me i'm i'm grateful because it brought us all together we were all there to see him mm-hmm. and everybody was on the same page awesome so so i i think when i say awesome i'm saying not that i'm celebrating but i'm saying awesome like i'm glad that he did that there was a positive outcome out of it but unfortunately that's not the story of many yes. yeah unfortunately yes. that's not the story of how many people you you live maybe in the united states You don't know where your parents want to be buried when they sleep here whether they want to be buried here or they have brothers back home that they need to you know see the body or you have situations circumstances where there's property that was invested overseas that you have no clue and relatives were involved you leave your children in a state and a place where it brings more conflict rather than doing good to a family so it's good to prepare 
this this podcast I, keeps on challenging us <laughs> now we're talking about preparation it is good to, it is good to prepare it is, yeah. i think what i'm getting from this is it's good to prepare i, I want to be at a place where i know if i've rested mm-hmm. i know my family knows what i want mm-hmm. and they're not fighting mm-hmm. you know so they can take that time and and, and grieve you know grieve so, the right way so can i say this can i say that love for your family mm-hmm. should compel you to have these conversations yep. now yeah if you love your families yep. now is the time to have those conversations mm-hmm. because if you are not there tomorrow you would have left them yeah. fighting and uh, uh, divided you don't want to be the glue piece mm-hmm. but you want to empower them and and not even that when right now this moment when everyone is doing well mm-hmm. is the best moment then waiting when someone is on their bed trying to have the conversation because then you make a quick judgment without yeah. rationale to it and and then sometimes they recover from that <laughs> <laughs> now they recover the dis- decisions you've made no, and and you know that document you can always change it okay that's you can true. always edit it's you, just written in a pen so yeah. you can yeah. always change so it so you you can always have that conversation <laughs> so it's important because when you have that conversation it doesn't mean that they have gone it's only when you are dead mm-hmm. no it's when you are in in case you you have a heart attack right now or you, in case you stop breathing right now what will happen to you what would you want so so I mean, some of those things who would you want to make a decision pa- for you pastor yeah. you keep on refle- re- referencing this document which document, what document? where do is we this? get it exactly. is, is, is it my i i, I know <laughs> I, i was telling Ezra that you know when you when you apply for the renewal of your id yeah. they have that are you donor, will, will you be a donor, donor. <laughs> for me personally i don't i don't feel that up because it's I, called an advanced care directive see, <laughs> it is ad, it's help. advanced healthcare directive and yeah. it's a written document can Where always be it? changed it's offered at the hospital it's offered any place you go you can always ask for it it's free mm-hmm. and social workers can help you mm-hmm. and it it a lot of it it's just to be able to put it out there so people know what are your wishes and it it doesn't have to be a lot of detail you can always have it just a written thing for a short time and then when you have you feel better get at home so let, meet let, with someone and be able to write it down so let me ask can you if, if anybody who's healthy healthy if i walked into a clinic right now i can ask for it and you can ask for advanced directive and they'll help you and they'll sh- they will give you a lot of resources to help you even <laughs> that, write it down Ezra, that is a and reality it comes, you know, <laughs> that's where the rubber meets the road what i say you know i think that, we agree with all of you that healthcare directive is in five you know a lot of it people confuse it with with you know living will it's it's healthcare directive but then it has some some division okay. you can have a power of attorney wow. in it you can have advanced planning of your funeral uh-huh. or your wealth or anything i, I think let's talk about that or advanced planning well. of funeral we have a lot of fundraisings <laughs> that <laughs> happen here right mm-hmm. you find that you find that people are in groups of fundraising so that when their loved one dies they can be given money right they can be given money to go and bury and for the burial that's but advanced they, care directive but they, but advanced but, care planning <laughs> we call it but they themselves don't have a plan for themselves you know it's like you're planning for your sibling or loved one to that but but let's the hardest part kenan let's bring this home yeah all this they are saying is true mm-hmm. we agree getting up to go there mm-hmm. is the hardest part yeah. yeah so how do we get our how do we do these i think the easiest part is tell somebody when you go to the hospital 
and you are asked about advanced care directive agree <laughs> to to have that conversation <laughs> because wow. sometimes when you go to the clinic you're not very sick yeah. yeah maybe you're going for a checkup or something mm-hmm. so that time you're not very sick but when you're taken by an ambulance mm-hmm. then it's serious business when you are in, in admitted in the hospital mm-hmm. it means you are they 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 know you might be intubated and they may want to know if you would be in that position how long do you would you want to be there so they will ask you those questions so it's important that when you are okay ask those questions yeah and i think it i i would say and i think it's something that if i i'll not preach and not do it mm. i think bring when you say when we are well when everything is well mm-hmm. i think don't pre- i think you should i don't know it is best to prepare your family or your loved ones yeah don't just go and bring this form for the the <laughs> form yeah you cover and you yeah. bring this or however that no i think that that will create more so i think preparing and having these conversations on your dinner table that's 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 what that's i think that's the point you're trying to draw that is that is why we are having this podcast will, played in your dinner tables tonight to, when yes. you're listening it i yes. will say that you know it also applies to you know when you have a loved one who's very sick and and you get to the hospital and the first thing you know when they see depending on their condition and status they will tell you you know hospice in an african you know way when they're told hospice they're like he's done mm-hmm. but it's really not mm-hmm. hospice is not about that they are they are dying tomorrow or six days or whatever hospice is to be able to provide you with everything you need True. and you can be i've seen people hospice for a year and they come out mm-hmm. and they move on with life So hospice is a lot of it is to take the burden off you as a family and be able to even have life. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I look back, I I took it on my own burden and said everything will stop. Mm-hmm. I will lose friends, but I will take care of my dad. Mm-hmm. This is that is the time I could have sicked resources mm-hmm. for me to be able to say I need some help. Mm-hmm. And then they will have provided a lot of it. There you have it listeners as we are closing this program for today we just want to tell you these are tough tough and hard questions these are realities these are conversations that we need and we should have um uh, want to uh thank you for coming but before we close give us some parting shots on this uh your thoughts on this topic and then we will be winding up Okay um let's say this um You can never be prepared to grieve. Uh when it comes, it's your journey. Walk it and uh if you can find a friend who can walk with you. Uh that'll be great. Mm-hmm. Uh nobody should judge you for however you are grieving. Just grieve your way mm-hmm. until uh you get wherever you want to get to. And it's important to have these conversations uh with your family. Mm-hmm. Let them know what you really want in case it happens to you. All right. Thank you. Uh losing a loved one will always be there. And grieving process is different for everybody. Everybody has their take for it. Uh you know, some will grieve for a year, some will grieve for 5 years, 10 years can always be something fresh. But I want to say that everybody has their way of grieving and so seek out for resources if you feel that it's really affecting your way of living 
because sometimes you can grieve until you end up losing your mind. And I just want to tell, you know, the listeners that there are resources out there. Seek out those resources. Even in any healthcare system, they do have free resources that can be able to assist you as a person to be able to walk in this journey. And just to other friends that, you know, when you lose someone, telling me you're in my shoes, you're not in my shoes. Because you 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 walk in a size 8, I walk in a size 9 or 10 or something like that. And so grieving process is different and I want to say that for those that have lost loved ones, it's a tough journey me being a victim. And you know, I thank God that for those that know God, it's the best thing you can ever have that he will walk with you through that journey even when you feel that it's dark and the light at the tunnel is almost there. Thank you. Thank you to the listeners. Preparation is key. If you love your loved ones, cherish them now. Have the hard conversations now. Keep it real with them so that if you're not there tomorrow, they will carry on your your legacy and continue living it. I just want to say that if you're a believer in the Bible, the book of Genesis chapter 50, Jacob Joseph called his sons and said, when I die, carry my bones to the promised land. He prepared for it. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 20, God comes and tells Isaiah prophet Isaiah tells King Ezekiah, put your house in order. The psalmist says, Lord, teach us how to number our days. And Jesus himself in John chapter 13, he spent a whole chapter sitting down three chapters with his disciples talking about his death. And at the cross, he looked down at his mother and he said, John, my, my woman, your son. He did not die without leaving the responsibilities of his mother to someone else. Even at the cross, Jesus made sure his family was well taken care of post his death. Have these hard conversations. Don't shy away from them because there are three things that are constant. God, change, and death. Ask the hard questions, Kenan. We want to thank our guests for gracing this podcast. Thank you and we pray that the Lord continues to bless you in your ministries and your families and wherever you go. Thank you for listening. We will see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazing Truth podcast. We hope you were blessed as you listened. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. God bless you and see you on the next one.